The following program is rated TV MALV. It contains strong language, violence, and nudity. It is intended only for mature audiences. Here we go, Barflies. Welcome to the Barfly Tailgate Show. You already know it's done by Barflies for Barflies and all the other Bears fans out there. Good morning, fellas. Uh, Good morning. Nice long Good morning. week. Hope, uh, hope everybody had a happy Thanksgiving. Um, ate plenty of turkey. I'm sorry, Chris, that they don't celebrate that over there, but, uh, you know, we got to yep. celebrate something over here. Yeah, but I see. I did actually have a turkey dinner just just for honouring you, you Americans, my American friends. I did have a a roast turkey dinner, so I was there in spirit. Nice, that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, so we all all got fat and happy and got to watch some football on Thursday and on Friday, um, and on Saturday. I mean, I don't want to rub anything in here, Tooch, but you know, if someone <laughs> sent me a bet that said that they were betting Louisville. I'm here uh, to take my med- my my medicine on that yeah, one. Yeah, and uh, so I was like, "Why are you betting Louisville? We've crushed them the last four years in a row, and this is five yeah. in a row now." You yeah. know, we traveled to Louisville. Yeah. It's L's down year-round, but it's definitely this week, Louisville Hate Week. Kentucky travels to Louisville and beats a top-10 team on the road. Last night was insane. I know this isn't a Kentucky show, but right after the game, there was rumors swirling that Mark Stoops was in at Texas A&M. Yeah. Then he flies down to College Station, and they say, yeah, we're going to go a different direction, I guess. And he flew back, and then he tweeted out, yeah, I'm staying a Wildcat. I couldn't leave you guys. I'm like (laughs) – Okay, I mean, well, I, I forget. You know, if Stoops would have left, I, I forget the name of the coach that coaches at Troy. Uh, but that guy's like all. that guy is twenty-one and four the last couple seasons, man. Well, he was he was, he's a Kentucky guy. He played at Kentucky, and he was an assistant under Mark Stoops. So a so, lot of a lot of Kentucky fans were like, "Well, if he's gone, let's yeah. call him up." Yeah, exactly. I, I threw out the name Urban Meyer, and I guess that was that was a bad word. That was a cuss <laughs> word. But uh, I was like, <laughs> "Poison." <laughs> all the guy does is win in college. But uh, yeah. how are we doing today, Chris? How you doing? I'll, I'll go to you first, and then we'll hit intros, and then uh, we'll get this party started. 
I, I'm doing great, fellas. Uh, you know, it's always great to have that that sort of Thanksgiving row of games, so like so we can have some extra games through the week. Uh, but I am absolutely still gutted about the Bears from last week. You know, I would just say to you boys for for the show that you know when we got to like halfway through the third quarter, I thought this is it. We're actually going to win, but it's our Chicago Bears, and of course they fucked it up. So uh, apart from that, I'm doing great, guys, and it's it's a joy to see you, fellas. Yeah, yeah, we we can't we all kind of got let down in in that game, and uh, man, I mean, I'll, I'll get into it when we talk about the game. Jordan, how you doing this morning? I know it's bright and early out there for you, brother. Yes, sir. I'm tired, but I'm good. I'm happy to be here. Happy to see you, fellas. Happy to talk some Bears football and anything in between. So, uh, chat. Thanks for being here. I'm looking forward to a good show. Tooch, how you doing this morning, brother? I know you had some. Yeah, it was a rough day yesterday. So, <laughs> sports wager, but I had like six straight winning days. So, you know, uh, it wasn't terrible. I was able to hedge out of my Louisville bet, you know, by taking Kentucky. I think in the early in the second half, you know, when I knew I was in trouble. But I mean, it was a back and forth game. I knew uh, Louisville wasn't going to cover. Yeah. So uh, at one at one point I could get Kentucky minus one and a half, and I knew that even if they won by a field goal, I'd be safe. Yeah. So put enough money to cover the initial bet, and then uh, uh, yeah, that's why you really when when you're sports wage, you really have to uh, pay attention to your live betting uh, angles. Yeah. So, uh, Robbery uh, week is so difficult. Yeah. Because you have it was dumb. It was games dumb, but... games that shouldn't be close are like Auburn and Alabama. That yep. that shouldn't have been close, but they, it, I mean Auburn was leading. Uh, Auburn almost had that game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, man, lucky, uh, lucky few plays at the end, you know, for yeah. Alabama to pull out the win. But yeah, rivalry week is definitely a tough week to bet. Uh, that I was think, the only, uh, the only game I bet was Kentucky plus seven, and I just did that because my heart told me to do that. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it was the sharp play because yeah. it's rivalry week. It should be close. You take the points. You know, I, I was like, well, ooh, man, looking at the numbers, you know, they're great against the run. Pass defense okay. Uh, uh, K- Kentucky has a very good run defense. Their pass defense is susceptible. I mean, Jack Plummer is not a bad player. Devin Leary hadn't been playing that well his past few games. Mm-hmm. I looked at all the angles and I'm like, Louisville's at home. It's finally their chance to to beat up on Big Brother and no. Yeah, uh, rivalry week, you got to take some points uh, and stuff with, uh, with the dogs. It's a double week. Yeah, and uh, I, I wish uh, I could give Jordan a little. He looks like he needs a little coffee. I'm exhausted, fellas, but I'm good. I'm having a little, uh, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed uh, coffee. But, I mean, uh, we had Iowa. Uh, Iowa total was like 26 and a half. I had the under, and I had Iowa plus one <laughs> I still, and a half. 25 and a half, 24 and a half, and it still stayed under. It was like it was like the lowest. I was like. Uh, it's normally an auto bet for me, but man, I was just like, I don't know this week. I got, I, I just, hit it, I hit it early, like as soon as the lines came out. So I got to like twenty six yeah, and a half, and I was like, I got to hit this before it goes down yep. more. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah. But uh, we'll get into last week's game a little bit here, and uh, we'll, we'll get it all started off with my man C Dub. Kiss off, you grassy little wanker! Wanker! Shut up, you soppy wanker! Wanker! You're a wanker! Wanker! Stop being a wanker! You are a wanker, Andy Ma. And I'll be honest, I didn't know that was coming, but I'll say it again, you are a wanker. This is Chris Watts' Wanker of the Week. <laughs> I 
can't remember if we've done this yet this year or not. I keep forgetting about it, but definitely had to take the chance to do it this week. Chris Watts' Wanker of the Week. If you haven't watched the show before uh, or you haven't watched the show until this season, this is where Chris Watts tells you who effed up the game last week and who is the Wanker of the Week. Chris, I'll turn it over to you, brother. Well, I think I think really this is like a this is like a joint wanker of the week, really, because all you well, I know I know Tooch and AC agree with this, and I'm sure I'm sure Jordan probably agrees, but it's Matt Eberfluss. It's Matt Eberfluss. For fuck's sake, how did we lose that game? Why were your defense playing like the war? Why were they so soft on the last drive? And you know how you know. You know, we had three turnovers, we didn't make the most of it, and some of the decisions on fourth down were terrible. Um, so, yeah, that was like, now the Bears are like historically losing in the whole NFL history. You know, with three turnovers and having possession of 40 minutes and letting the Lions get back. It's like I said before, halfway through the third quarter, I was dreaming that this was going to be a Bears victory, and then the fucking coaching just got so sort of soft at the end. But um, that's why he's wanker of the week. I mean, usually I have a bit of a bite at Luke Getsu, but I actually thought his game plan, so his game plan were really good last week for Justin Fields, you know. But the wanker of the week is definitely Eberfluss, and I'm sorry, but I can't. I just can't see how they can bring him back next year. I really can't. I really can't see any logic in it, in it at all anymore. So yeah, Matt Eberfluss, you're the wanker of the week, my mate. <laughs> I, I definitely agree with that. Um, I know Getsy early in the early in the game, like you said, had a pretty good game plan. He was doing a good combination of running the ball and throwing the ball and letting Justin Fields get out and run in space, which is what what the Lions were struggling with. I mean, they asked Dan Campbell at halftime, "What's your strategy?" And he said, "Justin Fields, Justin Fields, Justin Fields, Justin Fields, Justin Fields." So obviously. That was the entire game plan was to stop him. And if he beats you or if somebody else beats you, so have it. But when they came out, um, and I don't know, I, I'm assuming this came down to Eberflus making the final call um, and just started running the ball straight up the middle at a nine-man box. I was like, what are we doing? And I told you guys pre-show, on fourth and one, when we kicked the field goal, instead of going for it, I looked at my wife and I said, we're going to lose this ball game. And that was to go from up six to up nine. Uh, and then after that, it was just the play calling got so conservative. And you deal with that a lot with the defensive-minded head coach. They just want to run the ball, play good defense, and put this game away. Well, didn't get away with it this week. Um and it, in my eyes, it's, it kind of worked out perfectly because I want Eberflus gone. I wouldn't mind Justin Fields still being my quarterback. And I watched a man yesterday go up against Michigan that I want lining up on the other side of DJ Moore, and I don't care if you take him number one overall. That's Marvin Harrison Jr. So it worked out perfect for me because you get the epic meltdown, and I don't see how Eberflus can ever come back from this, no matter how much Ryan Poles likes him. And if Ryan Poles, hopefully Kevin Warren has had enough of it, and he'll just get rid of both of them. I'm just, yeah, Mr. Shorty's in the chat saying Harbaugh. That's the number one answer. You you gotta you gotta have a guy that's gonna come in here and turn things around, and he's he's the dude. 
Jordan, what'd you feel on the game last week? It's hard to argue with you fellas. Uh, I mean, you know, let me ask you as a question. What's those say? It's scared money. Don't make no money. And that's exactly <laughs> what it was. I mean, you have a defensive head coach that, you know, tucked his tail between his legs and got conservative. And I mean, this is, it's just, there's so many oxymorons with this team. You have your quarterback that you want to evaluate, see if he's the guy, but then we're going to take the ball out of his hands towards the end of the game. Uh, you know, you've got your foot on the you got your foot on the throat of the Detroit Lions, the best team in the division. I don't think you guys, you, I mean, surely you do, but I don't chat. I was here what two weeks ago saying, man, I know they've lost a lot of games, but they really honestly could pull it off because they'd played one. I guess two. You had the Vikings and the Packers. They had two division games they blew, but they still had plenty left. They had what four games left in the division. And you're about to go on this run where had you beat the Lions, then you have a Monday night game against Josh Dobbs, maybe you steal that away, then you're back to the Lions. You have an opportunity. And unfortunately, to Chris's point of wanker of the week, Matty Bisluce is the worst head coach in Bears history. Uh, i probably argue he's probably the worst head coach left in the NFL now that Josh McDaniels is gone. And But don't worry, though. George McCaskey would like to see it through to the end and uh, wish him well and say that, you know, he was uh, a great – you know, culture builder for this team. Yeah. Yeah. It almost feels <laughs> like he was setting it up and almost like he was doing it on purpose. I don't know. I just don't know how you can mess everything up so terribly wrong. And I haven't had a huge issue with a lot of polls draft picks. Like we've talked about it several times in the first round. I was fine with going with Darnell Wright, even no matter what Jalen Carter does. Good player. I don't think he would do what he's done here or vice versa, and you needed the right tackle, and we've solidified that. He looks like the best right, the best offensive lineman on the team, in my opinion. I mean, Tevin's obviously throwing his hat in the ring with his ability to go left or right. He's really found a home there on the inside. But you got some good young pieces on the offensive line that you might be able to build off of. I think you got a quarterback. I mean, he came out last week with something to prove. We'll see how he does this week because, remember, he struggled, like, even though he got hurt. But before he got hurt, he struggled with this Brian Flores defense where he shows you blitz and backs out or shows you blitz, and they're all coming. You better figure something out. Uh, it's very difficult to pick that up pre-snap and then make a decision in less than three seconds. You know what I mean? That's 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 life in the NFL. Um, and, uh, I mean, we'll see how it goes, but I'm not terribly upset with all of Pulse's decisions, but his first decision was to hire Eberflus, and that's, I mean, I didn't like it at the time, and I like it even less now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Tooch? Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, bottom line for me is that Justin Fields played well enough to win on the road in a hostile environment versus a very good team, you know, and, and to let it get away. Uh, it, it, you know, it was like a gut punch. And I said, I'm bare state of affair. How, how the hell did we, how the hell did we end up worse off after firing Matt Nagy? Yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> we went backwards after getting rid of Matt Nagy, who was a horrible coach too. It's just been a series of bad hires at coach from, uh, Tressman to Fox to Nagy to Eberflus. Uh, and then, those coaching staffs not being able to develop the quarterback position when we've when we've drafted first round quarterbacks, whether Trubisky, Fields, whoever the the, the change uh, for for a uh, quarterback uh, and offensive coordinators have had since two thousand and nine. We've had we've had uh, 
like 13 different offensive coordinators in 14 yeah. years. So not not a good uh, sign. We have tons of questions, man, in the chat. I started them all. You know, uh, a lot of good questions from the chat. We yeah, I've been, I've been seeing them up there. Uh, but yeah. we'll bring in uh, the fifth member of the of the Monstar squad, the leader, the point guard that we got, my man KB, Ryan Kirkland Billings. Good morning, happy Thanksgiving. How you doing, brother? What's going on, brother? Man, it's high praise. The point guard. Oh yeah, your boy feeling all. You know, what I'm saying, got the butterflies and you know, all warm inside. <laughs> Well, maybe you're maybe you're more like the shooting guard. You know, I, I hand the ball off to you. I just let you shoot your threes. So okay. maybe that was maybe that's a better analogy. But uh, yeah, you you my guy, dude. <laughs> Fans are showing up for KB here. Look at that. All right, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Y'all got your boy feeling like a celebrity out here, boy. You know what I'm saying. First and foremost, KB. How was your Thanksgiving? Was you working? Did you have some deep fried turkeys uh, mishaps or what happened? So I did work. Uh, (laughs) No, no, no uh, deep fried turkey mishaps, thank God. Yeah. So uh, my guy actually smoked the turkey at work. Nice. I did uh, some deviled eggs and uh, baked macaroni and cheese. Uh, A couple other folks had stuff brought in. And uh, we, we had a decent day that day. No, one one too crazy. One too crazy. It was actually pretty nice. But I did say they did have a fire yesterday. So I don't know, man. Somebody left went Black Friday shopping and left the oven on, huh? Man. You did see on Thanksgiving though, uh the Packers went in and, and stomped on the Lions. You know, Lions showing some vulnerabilities, you know, that the Bears exploited. So uh, it was it shouldn't have been too surprising. I mean, every, everybody was on the Lions, but the pa- I thought the Packers would keep it close. I didn't. I didn't expect them to win, but you know, that was another. Uh, they, they obviously watched the Bears tape, Bears game tape. Yeah, I know. On my other show, we we do what's called the six pack challenge, but this week we did the Thanksgiving feast where we picked all those games as well, and that was the only one I got wrong. I was on the Lions. I thought your back's against the wall. What's Dan yep. Campbell's guys going to do? They're going to come out fighting. Right. They just came out, and I mean, Jared Goff. It was interceptions against us, but it was it was fumbles against the Packers. The guy just could not hold on to the ball. It was crazy to see, and yeah, I mean, maybe the Packers got themselves another quarterback, which is yeah. Both both the Bears and Packers pressured pressured Goff. Yeah. You know, that's when uh, you know usually usually he's money at home, but you you get some uh, pressure in his face, and uh, he'll give up the ball. Yeah, I, I noticed that uh, uh, Don Burr's not in the chat today. I'm, I'm not sure yeah. where. Uh, what's going on. Maybe he's, maybe he's stuck in traffic. I'm not sure what's going on there, but uh. <laughs> Sorry, too, too, too much Xanax after that game. Hey, bro, he got he got that he got that trash ass Detroit internet, bro. So he could he couldn't get out. <laughs> So we just talked a little about the game uh, last week, KB. The wanker of the week was Eberflus for obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, what did you see from the game last week? What were you – did you not let the the optimism creep in while we were up? <laughs> or, or how, how did you feel? Definitely didn't. Uh, <laughs> you know, you had – I had moments where I was looking at it and I was just like, bro, they, they really aren't as good as what they – as their record shows. Uh, 
they start to look like that team that I thought they were, a team that is capitalized on beating, you know what I'm saying, some subpar teams. Uh, yeah, they got one up on the Chiefs, and that's that's good for them. You beat the Chiefs without Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I don't I don't remember if Chris Jones played that game or not. I want to say he didn't. No, he was up in the uh, press box. Remember, he hadn't signed his contract yet. Yep. So, I mean, it, it's two players, but you have to look at those two players are arguably, you know, two of the best players on your team outside of Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Uh, what I saw last week was coaching. Uh, absolutely. You you have a team that is number one in your division up. You're up on them. And you're at their stadium and you decide not to go for the jugular. To me, at that point, if you would have went for, for it on fourth or whatever it was to try to get a touchdown or even try to get the first down, you go, you go to put the game away. Like, uh-huh. Your record shows what type of team you are. You're a team that can't win. And Ibrahim, he he went on to prove that. You took you, you took your tail, and then you you hide. No, bro. You at that point you you gotta you gotta show. Hey, man, you know what? We're not gonna let you pick on us. You know what I'm saying? You gotta be that kid that stands up to the bully at some point. And Ibrahim has shown time and time again that's not what he is. So, I. To me, it was all coaching. The Bears should have done what the Packers did <laughs> on Thanksgiving a week ago. It yep. that's exactly what it should have been. They should have lost two straight division games, and the first L should have been handed by the Bears. That being said, I as far as that game goes, man, this defense you you see the fruits of the labor, right? You start to see certain pieces, you know. You get all you get all these pressures from Montez Sweat and whatnot. But when it came down and the chips were on the table, bro, where was the defense? You know, get home. you you sitting there, you're playing in goddamn prevent when you have a a, a drive where you need to get them off the field. Now this it, it plays into what I say. You're playing you're playing scared instead of trying to play the win. So, like I said, bro, I'm 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 just really I'm out on Ibrahim all the way, bro. Uh, then you know it's it's other things that are starting to come back to life this week, and the things that are starting to come back are legit starting to make me have a bad taste in my mouth for polls. I'm. You guys want to find out where that echo's coming from? It might be me, man. No, I just I, I think it the... was there when uh, before you got here, though, KB. Hold on. I just uh, see if I, I've been muted. Tell so uh, I'll mute again just no. so we can find. No, it. It, I think it was Chris because I muted his. I think it, yeah, I think it's Chris. It yeah. Hey Go Chris, down, do, you have your, do you have your sound just coming through the headphones, or is it coming out of the computer and the headphones? Because if it's coming, no, out no, of it's both, just it's just coming out. Well, I've just got it coming through my headphones at the moment. So there should be an echo, really. It's just probably my internet's been a bit, bit, bit poor this last couple of days. That good old English internet. You think with all the countries that they took over, they would have figured out a better internet source? <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 hey see, we, 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 uh, we, we invented the fucking internet, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> We're back on the love actually, AOL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
You threw me all off track here trying to figure all this out. Um, there, there are a lot of people that are talking about... Oh, there's Don Burr. Hey, welcome back, Don. Um, there are some people in here talking about the, the uh, Tyler Scott throw at the end. Um, I mean, when it comes down to it, he trusted his guy to make a play. DJ Moore pulled the safety down. It worked out exactly. He read it correctly. You know, the safety comes down to cover DJ. You go behind him. So... That's what they did. He had him beat. He threw the perfect ball. Tyler Scott just made a rookie mistake and slowed up a little bit to try try and look back and kind of trace the ball, and 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 the rest is history. But it shouldn't have even come down to that. You know, we were up so big. We were up 12 points in the fourth quarter. You know, it, your, your defensive-minded head coach should not give that up. And all they did was go underneath, go underneath, go underneath. The middle of the field was wide open. That's the scheme of this defense, man. I, and I, I don't know how many times I have to say it that I don't trust Eberflus's defense, and I don't, I, I don't, <laughs> I hope they fire him at the bye week. I know people are saying, well, who do you bring in? Give the special teams coordinator the freaking head coaching duties. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? You know what I mean? He's used to running both sides of the ball and getting the best out of players at the bottom of the roster. I love the idea of a special teams coordinator at least being the interim head coach. I mean, it's just not going to – I don't know. Don says we was toying with y'all. Yeah, I mean, your boy Goff is looking off now, Don. I mean, he threw four, three interceptions to us, and he couldn't hold on to the ball against the Packers on Thursday. I don't know if he was eating too much turkey with his hands and got the grease all on his fingers or what it was, but – uh He's starting to be turnover prone, and uh, if you're not worried about it, I think you should be, Don. <laughs> He's back. He was sleeping in, you know, missed the, missed the start of the show, Don. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you want to hit some of these questions? Yeah, yeah, let's roll through them, and then uh, then we'll try and get into this yeah, week's game nin- a little bit. Ninja, uh, Ninja 52 Elite, has got a few in here. My answer is absolutely yes. I would take Marvin Harrison Jr., number one overall, over any of the quarterbacks, any of the offensive tackles, any of the pass rushers. I think he's a generational talent. And I know someone was saying, well, there's never – or they can't remember the last time a wide receiver was taken number one or even in the yeah. top three. 30 years think, ago, I think. If you Keyshawn. think for a second – Keyshawn Johnson. If you think for a second that the Bengals wouldn't have taken Jamar Chase number one overall if they were in that position, you're dead wrong. If you think the Vikings wouldn't have taken Randy Moss number one overall, especially in hindsight, you're dead wrong. And I think that Marvin Harrison Jr. is that type of player. Jordan, I know you like other players as well, and you don't you're not necessarily in the camp that he's a generational talent, but I think he is. I think you pair him. With Mark, with uh, DJ Moore, and you have an excellent wide receiver tandem, and then you trade back the pick that's sitting at four right now, and if you grab a JJ McCarthy late in the first round, or you grab someone in the second or third round, like I've grabbed a Quinn Ewers a couple times in mock drafts, or uh, I don't know the the guy from Washington State, Cameron Ward, who you like a lot. If you grab one of those guys later, then you're filling holes, and you're not putting all the pressure on a rookie quarterback to come in and be the franchise savior. I think it's a, I think it's perfect. Uh, Chris, you don't watch a whole lot of college. Do you know anything about Marvin Harrison Jr.? 
Go ahead. Cheers, buddy. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, I've already heard what I picked up. You know, just just trying to see stuff on YouTube. Really, uh, I mean, I know it's like like Tush just said. It's been like you know thirty years since uh, a wide receiver's been taken as number one pick. But it, it, you know, you just got to imagine, like you said, AC, if you had him, you had him as well with DJ Moore, and then, and then and then also you could have Mooney as a slot receiver as well. Just just you to like he's a bit small, a bit shiftier. It's great, but I just keep thinking, oh shit, is is the same thing that happened to the Bears when we um when we draft that wide receiver, White, who just you know always got injured prone and and stuff like that. So I don't know, boys. I don't know if it's just like a little bit too high in the draft, but I, I you know obviously I haven't seen enough of his game really to make a foot you know to give you like a full sort of answer really to the question, but um. I don't know. I mean, I mean, if Jordan says he's not too sure, that's usually a good sign to me that he's on the summit. So uh, I'm not. I'm not too sure. But anything to make our make our bears better, I'm all up for it, man. Because we need it desperately. <laughs> well, well, we'll pass the devil's advocate next, Jordan. Uh, what do you feel on taking a Marvin Harrison Jr. number one, or who do you think would be worthy of that, or are you in team? trade out of the number one pick two years in a row <laughs> no 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 i mean i just look i mean let me be very clear i do believe that marvin harrison jr is probably the not even probably i mean it's hard to argue he's the most blue prospect the bluest the cleanest blue prospect that there is in this class and yep i've always i mean look back to last year i mean something i kept harping on is like i know that peter skaronsky didn't have the length and all that but there, as a GM, you have to think that there's a certain comfort of being able to take a pick, make a pick, take a player, and be able to sleep easy that night and feel like the next 200 because you just know, barring some catastrophic injury or some drastic change in character, that guy is going to be a good selection. His dad was a pro. He understands what it is to live, breathe, eat football, um, even when – He's basically, I don't want to call him just the entire offense, but he kind of is the entire offense at Ohio State. Um, still finds a way to make plays. But, I mean, you know, George Barilissimo put something like, there's eight, eight wide receivers that are better than the first one taken last year. That's my only point. It's just I'm not even telling you that there are guys ahead of Marvin Harrison. Just that the drop-off that people are making it seem like there's some drastic drop-off is not true. Um, there are still very, very, very good wide receivers they just aren't quite of the same ilk as Marvin Harrison to the point of, should you draft him at one? I look, I mean, maybe it happens. I just don't think that we're going to see that uh, quarterbacks go one because of just the, the priority that they take. I'm not saying the bears have to take one, but even then, if let's say the bears don't want him, it's, it's Marvin Harrison. Why would you stick at one and take them? Go leverage that number one overall pick to some other team, presumably that, you know, three wants to jump to one Two wants to jump to one for a quarterback. I'd trade that back if you didn't want uh, to take a quarterback there. But also just inherently too, the last thing I'll say is I have no problem absolutely saying that probably the best fit to team in that first top five is Marvin Harrison to the Bears. I've said this numerous times that you let Mooney walk, you keep DJ Moore. DJ Moore is a fantastic player by his own. You move him to his knee, that's fucking incredible. You put Marvin Harrison Jr. as your ex receiver, and then you have a Tyler Scott or whoever you want to put in there as your slot receiver. There's really no better match for a receiver to just kind of slot in because the Bears have been desperately seeking for a big body wide receiver with yep. the Nikhil Harry trade to Chase Claypool to 
the equanimity of St. Brown hanging around. They've just not been able to do it. So Harrison Jr. Uh, makes a lot of sense for the Bears. Yep. Yeah, Harrison Harrison's 6'4", I think 220 or something like that. Uh, he's got the bloodline. Obviously, his dad was Marvin Harrison, played with Peyton Manning for years and years in Indianapolis, Hall, Hall of Famer. Yep. Uh, so he's he's got all that going for him. And my worry about trading back, and I think Coach T put up the hypothetical of uh, would you trade back one to two with the Cardinals and – try and get a second round pick when you're not sure what they're going to do, or would you rather trade four back to like the Rams if they're going to come up and try and get a quarterback? And I said that the answer is the Cardinals, but you, you're not sure if they're going to stick with Kyler Murray or if they want to reset the quarterback clock that we all talk about here in Chicago, or if they want to pair him with Marvin Harrison Jr. And then you miss out on your guy because you yep. traded back one spot and, What's the stop? We is trading up to one and grabbing uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. like the Cardinals. Exactly, and yeah. uh, and we as Bears fans all watched Aaron Donald go off one pick before we hit the board, and we still are sick about. It. At least I am. Yeah. So I I just couldn't uh, couldn't imagine that happening all over again. Um, KB, are you taking MHJ number one overall or? What, what are your thoughts on this? All right, first of all, can y'all hear me? Yeah, you sound good. Okay, okay cool. Yeah, all right. Just just making sure, man. Uh, I, I, I've i already said I would I would take him first overall because to me there's – it's like Jordan said. He's the cleanest prospect in the draft. He's the person that I feel will come in and make that immediate impact. Uh, like I said, I don't see any world where you trade back and you get Marvin Harrison. I don't. Uh, I, I've said it before. I don't see why Arizona will trade up with us. I do not see them moving off of air, uh, for Kyler Murray, uh, from a couple reports I had seen a lot of people were sharing saying that they've already said they were going to stick with Kyler Murray. Mm. I mean, they said that before about the Josh Rosen thing and then took Kyler Murray. Yeah. But in the same breath, you kind of look at it. Yeah. You've already paid this kid. He, he has a decent sized contract. So you had to be willing to find somebody that will be willing to take on his contract and him and pay that compensation. Now, what stops them from saying we don't really have a number one wide receiver and we can sit at two and draft Marvin Harrison? Yeah. Uh, so I'm. Yeah. It depends on what you really want to do. If you're really gonna go, it's like I, I said this on Coach T's post. I said, bro, I will have to see something historical for me to move off the first pick. Because in my head, the first pick has to be Marvin Harrison Jr. I like the kid out of UCLA. That's the air rusher. He seems he seems to be like a really good kid, seems to be very talented, probably the best defender in his class. But Marvin Harrison Jr. just he he has generational written all over him to me. I've, I've said I said this to one of my friends as Ohio State fan. Y'all didn't lose because Marvin Harrison was trash. Y'all lost because your quarterback sucks ass. Yeah, like let's be real, bro. <laughs> so I, I'm I'm sorry. I'm fine. I'm hard pressed to move off that that, yep. that spot to get him. I agree. Uh, and I've just said before. I I honestly believe if you do move back to four, you miss out on them. So yeah, I would even, take him at one person late. Even late in that game yesterday, when the game was on the line, the whole stadium. And everybody sitting at home knew the ball was going to Marvin Harrison Jr. 
It's exactly where it went, and he made a play with a guy hanging all over him. Yeah, just pass oh, interference, bro. He drug him down, <laughs> right. and he still made the dag on the guy. Catch, tackled right. him, tackled him before the ball got there, and Harrison yeah. still made the catch. He's he's a big yeah. physical kid. And he's fast, yeah. bro. Like, and that, not only that, but you have you look at the the aesthetics of things. He's a route runner. He can separate. Yeah. He has great hands. The catch he made when great he got pulled hands. down, he made it with one hand. Big catch radius and go up and make you know make the contested yeah. catch. But, you know, he uh, he's he, Brian Hartline's he, best creation, just for what it's worth. Yeah. Like, Brian, people don't know Brian Hartline, former NFL wide receiver. Oh, former Kentucky that's Wildcat. Why Thunder. Yeah, that's he's, why a, he's Thunder a mastermind right at Ohio State. Yep. And Marvin Harrison Jr. is his fucking magnum opus, if, if there's ever been one. Yeah, it, you know, uh, uh, Alan Robinson was here for what a, a year or two, uh, put up some big numbers with uh, with, with Trubisky. You know, we could probably get you know, hundred catches out of Marvin Harrison every year for a while, you know, uh, putting up a big, big numbers like that. Uh, and that's why I think, uh, you know, like Aaron said, you would want a big body receiver out there at the X. I just, uh, I, I, don't, I don't think he makes it past two, you know, Arizona will take that. And they got nobody at wide receiver. Yeah. Rogers, you know, they'll pair, pair, him, pair him with Hollywood Brown or whoever, you know, who's sitting at three right now is it new England. I think yeah, so. It's New York so, Giants. So, is it Giants or Giants or New England? They're vying for it. Yeah. So, so if New England or the Giants, either one of them, offer you a package to jump number two to drop to three, you don't think there's any chance Marvin Harrison's sitting there? I don't. I, I think the Cardinals grab him. I like they still they signed Kyler Murray to a big contract. You yeah. know, they're gonna they're gonna cut bait with with Kyler Murray. Then they need a quarterback. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to say this just, just real quick, just to reference what Burley is going to say. Bro, if it's a haul and it's absolutely amazing, you're right. getting a shit ton of picks, and hell, they and a team falls in a player. I, I've said this, right? Let's say the Raiders called you today and said that we would give you Max Crosby in the deal. I said, now, yeah, Max Crosby. We'll give you Max Crosby in X amount of picks over the next three fucking years. You get Max Crosby as a defensive end, then yeah. You 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 now you got my attention. You, you, so that's that's what I'm mean about Stoker. You get a haul of picks to rebuild the team. I get it. Then you can consider it. It's other players in the draft that I like. Malik Neighbors from LSU was fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh you know what I'm saying? My uh the, the Malik Neighbors. Yeah. The kid out of Washington, the, the the wide receiver, Rome, whatever, he's he's a decent wide receiver. I mean, there's other good players. There are, but Marvin Harrison is just generation. It's the closest thing to a sure thing. Yeah. All right, let's. Uh, I think we've hit that nail on the head plenty of times. We'll move on to the next one. This has got to be a joke, right? The next one that you have started. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we can answer that one real quick. <laughs> Just let two chance it. He lives there, watches it. <laughs> Come on, Mark. <laughs> it's got to be a joke. I'm just, you know. No, the answer is no. <laughs> the answer is no. But the next question is very intriguing. I mean, if you're asking me, one person on this panel has a number 57 jersey already. Bought it last year. I love me some Sanborn. Yeah, but I still think Edmonds does some things that Sanborn just physically can't do. 
his size, his speed, his athleticism, Sanborn doesn't have those. But if you want a tackling machine, that's what Sanborn gives you. I think they should both be on the field. Uh, it doesn't matter to me which one's outside, which one's inside. You give me yeah. both those Who's guys. Who's got the better them? instincts? It's hard to I'd not say, say Sanborn. He's always around the ball. I mean, go ahead, it's Chris. A, I mean, it's a, it's a nuanced discussion. It always is. But, I mean, the, let's be real. It's, it's real, real easy. Who's better instinctual player? It's Sanborn. Who's the better athlete? It's Edmonds. Who's got more length? It's Edmonds. Who's who's sticking around getting paid, you know, number four tops money in the NFL, it's going to be Edmonds. And unfortunately, draft pedigree follows you. Sanborn will never be able to make that much. But, um, I, you know, the reality is it doesn't hurt to have a little bit of both. Uh, but the Bears are asked out in some sense because obviously Edwards is playing fantastic as well. And we, But this is kind of what you get. You want to hire an antiquated coach that should be back in the early 2000s. You could play all three linebackers and get some production. But unfortunately, now you're in a position where you need to be a nickel, so one of those linebackers has to sit, and you're certainly not going to sit the number four overall linebacker. Uh, and when I say four overall, I mean just paid an annual average per year. Well, yeah, I let, agree. let me let me ask uh, you guys a question: uh, If Sanborn's uh, best in the middle, uh, where, where does uh, Edmonds slot in? Strong, weak? Uh, see, I'd play because I'd play. I don't want to. I don't want to. You can't bench Edwards. He's had the best numbers of any of our any of our linebackers. For as for as much hate as he's getting from Bears Twitter, you would think that he had zero tackles and zero turnovers. But the, the, the guys, yeah, yeah, Bears Twitter hates him for some reason. Uh, but uh, it he he's got better numbers than Roquan, and, and a lot of people. Still wish we had Roquan. I mean, I just – I don't know. <laughs> it's got To me, it's got to be Edmonds in the middle. And I, I know a lot of people don't like that, but it's got to be because he is the closest thing in this defense to size and speed and build of a Brian Erlacher who you asked to cover so much space. Yeah. He's got to do that same thing in this defense. He's not as good as Erlacher, but Erlacher's a Hall of Famer. Those guys aren't growing off trees, you know. Uh, yeah. It's He fits that position the best. Now, if we get a Brian Flores in here, I know I know Jordan's been harping on that for I, – and I, I doubt the Bears will go another defensive-minded head coach after no, they won't. he's gone. But if you have that style of defense – you're going to move Edmonds all around your formation. He's going to be like a Micah Parsons where he's coming off the edge someplace. He's playing coverage someplace. He's – it just – you can do so many things with that body style and that athleticism that we just we just don't use in this defense. They just tell him to sit back and play coverage. And But to me, he's got to be the guy in the middle. It's, we may have an entirely different defense next year. I hope so. You know, I hope so. I think Edmonds' uh, contract is structured so that the Bears can get out of it next year if they want to. If I, I was the next. I thought he had like three years guaranteed, basically. He, does he? I, I mean, pay, but I mean, you could still. You the know, the you term still, that was around is that it was still cut load. him. And, and, yeah, it's front load. You could still cut him and uh, uh, save uh, save some dollars. You know, it wouldn't be too much of an impact on the camp, but. 
I don't really I see him cutting him, but I didn't see the Colts cutting Shaq Leonard either. <laughs> yeah, Darius Leonard, yep. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about uh who's the best running back the Bears have? Jordan, I'll let you hit this one off first. Oh, come on. Y'all know where I'm going to go. I, I still think – and I know it hasn't looked great this year, and the, one of the concerns I had about him coming out of college is he just took too many car crash hits. But uh, I'm still going to stand by it. I still think Roshan Johnson is that dude. and Looked good last week. Everybody that – I mean, here's the thing is, everybody that likes Deontay Foreman, I'm not mad at you for it. Deontay Foreman deserves good player. Career, but that's the Roshan Johnson style. They just didn't let him do that, and they don't let him do that. Yep. So yeah. th- let me let me let me take over from there because I'm, of course, I'm on the, the Dante Foreman train there. Uh, the thing I, I feel with Roshan, Roshan has that that Walter Payton syndrome, you know, where he seeks punishment and to lay punishment on people. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's, it's a few from runs that he's had where it's like he gets through the hole and he's looking to actively take somebody out. Now, love that style of running, bro. Absolutely. I feel like there's a home for it somewhere. But there's something about the pop of when Foreman is running the ball. For whatever reason, it seems like the dude just finds holes and he exposed to them. Now, I'm not going to say that that's going to translate to him being the best running back on the team right now. Uh, I'm not, what I say is I won't say that he'll be the best running back going forward for us. Well, I absolutely believe my man should get a goddamn contract extension, even if it's a one year. Uh, I, I absolutely believe you bring that kid back. He he has been tremendous for when we've had him. And I think you marry him with Roshan Johnson and it's, hey, this is how you need to run the ball. Instead of, instead of hitting that hole and then looking for a DB to run over, shake him. Go past him. Hit him with a little more, you know what I'm saying, wiggle. You know what I'm saying? It get past him, bro. You a little wiggle, yeah, huh? <laughs> just a little wiggle, bro. You know what I'm saying? If Dr. Foreman's a big dude. He got he got the little wiggle to him. You see, yeah. uh, he can catch the ball out of the backfield too. I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, good man. player. Good player. He, I, he I am solid, uh I'm with Jordan. Uh Roshan Johnson is my guy, but I've always been I've always loved that type of runner. Like when Marshawn Lynch was at the top of his game, he was my favorite running back in the league just because the way he runs through a motherfucker's face, you know, and and he'll tell you about it all day long. I'm coming right at you. I'm not going to try and go around you. I'm going through you, and you are going to take this punishment all day long. And and that's that's just a personal style, but, we were watching the game, and my wife was like, I kind of like that, number 21, who's that? So she's a Dante Foreman fan. So it's really, to me, it's kind of to each their own, whomever you like. But the NFL in general is going to draft and develop running back. Draft, They're not re-signing guys because look at the last re-signings we've seen. Ezekiel Elliott got re-signed, got hurt. Saquon Barkley got re-signed or – no, he only got a one-year deal. Saquon Barkley didn't get re-signed. Uh, Derrick Henry got re-signed, got hurt. Um, David Montgomery was the big ticket, multi-year contract this offseason. Yeah, but, I mean, and he was hurt for part of the season too, you know. So GMs are going to take that into consideration. Like, should I re-sign this guy for multiple years and stick with what we have? Or should I? do I think I can get the same or close to that from someone in the draft that I can grab in the sixth round 
or seventh rounder. Hell, undrafted free agent. The Baltimore Ravens got a running back right now that's a undrafted free agent that's going 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 buck wild in their back. Now they got Gus the bus to take all the touchdowns, but I just don't see GM seeing the need to resign that. Look at Dalvin Cook. Got resigned, got traded. Now he's sitting on the bench behind Brees Hall, and he was one of the best running backs in the entire league. You know, I just I just don't think NFL GMs see it the way us fans see it. And running back has been a big position for all of our lives. You know, uh, go ahead, KB. So let me let me ask a serious question. Serious question. Let's say offseason hits. Uh, did did Saquon sign a one year, or did he he just sign his franchise tag for this year? He signed a one year deal. Uh, basically, five hundred thousand more than he's, he's free after this season. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, like, honestly, got a question. Saquon, his free free agency. Do you go after Saquon, knowing that you got? Roshan Johnson on the on the roster right now. You probably draft the guy and bring him in. You can get Saquon on a decent contract. Would you get him? No, not me. <laughs> I love Saquon, and he's done so much for that Giants organization. But you can't you can't build around a running back like you used to be able to. You used, I mean, the I think Colin Cowherd, and I know how much hate Colin Cowherd gets, but he put this out that I think like. Five of the last seven Super Bowl champions did not have a top ten running offense. Like they pass the ball, they run enough to keep the clock down, and they play at middle half, the top half of the league in defense. You don't, you don't have to have that the way the Bears did in the eighties. You don't have to have Walter Payton hammering them and and Dan Hampton breaking the quarterback's legs to win. You just you got to have a quarterback and you got to have a coaching. Look at look in Houston. They hire a new coach, they draft a new quarterback, and they're winning ball games and they're fun to watch. It's one of my favorite teams in the league to watch. Yeah, what's the just, what's the offensive coordinator's name down there? A Jordan Bobby Slow. Bobby Slowick, Yeah, but we talked about he's him on, before. He's on yeah. my list. Yeah, yeah, on the list. <laughs> you know, the Bears' running back room is actually pretty good this year. It's yeah, just we've been deep. we've been killed we've been getting killed by injuries. Herbert, Dante Foreman now today might not play. Uh, Roshan was hurt at the beginning of the year. Travis Homer's been hurt. Uh, we had to go with like guys. Darrington Evans was running the ball a lot one game or two. Uh, Kari Blossom came got down to our last running back. That dude had yeah. that I mean, was the Commanders game. He was the only one we had. Yeah. Left. <laughs> we're gonna need to. Uh, uh, we're gonna to need to probably grab one in this next draft somewhere down the line. So, Jordan, who are we grabbing? That's a good question. I mean, I think at the I know it sounds crazy because I'm I'd love to hear KB because he's a Michigan fan, but I'm not as high on Coram or Edwards as a lot of people. So I think yeah. that those guys are like perfect mid round, early day three, yeah. late day two options. Uh, but to me, I think this is and I'm going a little bit of a side, but this is why I didn't love trading that early second rounder, not because you would have used it on the the running back, just yeah, that. I think but, what do the Bears have now? Six picks. So it just feels like that's that's you'd want a couple extra so that you can ultimately take that running back in the fifth yep. or the sixth. Then one of those ones is getting traded. Yeah. Well, and that's probably what's going to happen because I just I find it hard to believe he's really going to leave the draft with six picks. 
Uh, now, whether well, they keep no the two lines and maybe they trade back in the third, I'm, I'm he sure he wants a second back. back after getting sweat. And you know, sweat acquiring sweat was expensive, not just monetarily, but it also cost a draft pick. I'm not complaining about it because sweat has played very well. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. played very, very oh, man, well. Man, when he took down Jerry Goff in that game, oh, oh man, I was gonna uh, say, you ever played a game like we playing in Madden and they have like the animations and a player be like five yards, but all of a sudden he. He like automatically get bro. That was that. That was that sack, bro. I was like, "There's, no, there's no way in hell Sweat's gonna get this dude." And then it's like, <clears throat> I said, "Wait a fucking minute, bro." He even he even tried to pump fake and make him. And Sweat was like, "You ain't doing that." And just, just slammed. Him. Yeah. And, he's, and, and he's any so thoughts big. on uh, what, uh, another running back we could pick up maybe late round and just add him to the team, so, Jordan? I mean, yeah. give us. I, mean, a I, name. I know where KV is gonna go, so I'm gonna let KV get this guy. But I mean, for me, like I. A guy that I really like is Donovan Edwards, and he's had a really down year. Yeah. Now, we're going to see if he comes out because Michigan likes to find a way to keep their running back yeah. and say, we're going to feed you the ball. But to me, and let me explain this, is because even though yeah, he's, he not good. Lead, he's not the lead back at Michigan, I think the back that you've already got Ro- Roshan, who's this guy that's just going to be a bulldozer down the field. So I think you want that change of pace back, that guy that's going to ultimately spell or be the succession plan to Khalil Herbert. So you want a guy that can kind of get out there and move. And, you know, I saw somebody mention Audric Estime out of Notre Dame. It's not that type yeah. of player. Uh, so, I mean, to me, the reason I, I pick Edwards, because Edwards is a great receiver and has some juice too, uh, in a way that like a Blake Corum or Braylon Allen don't. And, of course, I saw somebody else mention Trey Benson. Trey Benson is one of my favorite backs, but these are guys that I don't think are going to – that's not where the Bears are picking a running back. Like, that's where you want me picking for the bottom of the heap. So I'm giving you, you know, guys that are going to be there necessarily in that realm. And I think I'm going to pass to KB because I know exactly where he's going. So, KB, let me just roll that red carpet out for you. And why don't you tell people that we're not drafting just one junior. You want us to draft two juniors. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we had we had a little joke going on yesterday in the in the, in the chat. You know what I'm saying? Uh, somebody had po- posted a thing. We're not gonna we're not gonna throw names out there because we're keeping this in within the group. I'll throw it out there. Who's in the group chat? My boy, I, my I boy, did a mock boy. draft and and I put <laughs> put what I had out there. Uh, my boy AC made a mock draft. Of course, he took Marvin Harrison, and uh, we ended up taking Jerry Rice, uh, Jerry Rice's son. Uh, and I told him, I said, "Hey, bro, you missing somebody? Who 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 am I missing, man?" I said, "Hell, we taking we taking juniors and kids, so you have to go Frank Gore Jr." Like you, you want to talk about a hard nosed runner? Put on some of these kids' tape, bro. <laughs> Frank Gore Jr. is the absolute yeah. fucking menace, bro, and he is yep. he is being slept he's on, on my list. Yep, <laughs> he is well, absolutely it's because he's at, it's because he's at Southern, Southern Miss. Miss. He was yeah. a recruit that was possibly coming yeah. to Kentucky, but chose not to. He decided to go to Southern Miss. Uh, I'm not sure why, but. Yeah, I mean, I like Frank Gore Jr. He runs really well. Uh, is there? Are, are you done, or do you? Want... Oh, I, what about uh, Raheem Sanders on Arkansas? Pretty good player. I think he's got the injury, but I think he ends up taking being taken higher. A guy like, I mean, let me give you. I'll just write out a couple that I think are really quality backs. Uh, Will I mean, Shipley. Me, yeah, Will Shipley is a guy that I could see kind of going later than people think, um, and he fits that mold of kind of that, good that ball player. shifty back. Uh, I, I love USC's running back, and I think the change from South Carolina to USC has been good, and that's Marshall, Marshall Lloyd. Lloyd. Yeah, uh, so another good back there. And then obviously, I mean, we'll see where he ends up, but Bucky Irving um, out of Oregon, Oregon is is another back that uh, I could I could see kind of falling in that range. 
I'm still, because I'm still missing a name for a late round draft pick. I know you want Ray Davis. What about uh, that, Ray, Raylan Allen on Wisconsin? Pretty good. A player. guy that's ran for a thousand yards at three different schools three years in a row. Uh, Kalu Herbert. <laughs> no, um, his name's Ray Davis. He plays for the Kentucky Wildcats, and he ran all over Louisville yep. yesterday. Good and player. he catches the ball out of the backfield well. A Louisville back's good, block. too. Jawar Jordan's good player, ball player, too. Now, he didn't look too good yesterday. Well, was, Kentucky's, like I said, Kentucky, Kentucky <laughs> run defense is good, man. Both of them have I, good run run defenses, you know. On a, you know both obviously, both I'm biased. I just feel like we couldn't have went off the running back subject without uh, talking about well, it. I mean, do you want to? I mean, I'm curious. I don't mean to put you on the spot here, AC, but as a Kentucky Wildcat fan, I feel like you have the right to do this. And it's only a two minute, you know, spiel you got to give, but do you want to tell people the great story? One of the, because to me, it's like, it's honestly one of my favorite stories in the entire draft is Ray Davis. Ray Davis was a, was homeless at one point. Yep. And he was in foster care. Great story. And someone, someone took him in and then he goes, he, Worked his butt off. His first school was Temple, so you know he's smart. And then he goes to Vanderbilt, so again, smart kid. Uh, and and then he transferred in here to Kentucky, and even on his – I believe he still got it on his Twitter profile, but he has had his eyes on this draft his since forever. So he's definitely uh, – his story is incredible. Um, now, there was a – there was an SEC game where one of the commentators got himself into some trouble because when he was talking about him being homeless, uh, he said, you know, back when he was, I think he was like, he was a teenager, 16 something. And he was like, when he was a teenager, nobody wanted him. And then he hit the transfer portal last year and everybody wanted him. And it, it was, it came off weird, but what he was trying to push was that the, his story and, the way he's worked his butt off to get to where he is is it's an incredible story. And uh, if he doesn't end up in Chicago, if he were no matter where he ends up at, I'll be pulling for that guy because his story is just it's phenomenal. I mean, and, and yesterday he had the quote of the day where he said, "It's L's down forever around here." So he's definitely a winner in my book. <laughs> and on top of that, let's be—I mean, real, real quick—just to kind of pander a little bit to your wildcat love. I personally like him a lot better than Chris Rodriguez. A lot better. Uh, he does a lot more the, things. Out the of the breakaway touchdown and, sealed the game yesterday. Yeah. Is it? And, yeah. and Chris Rodriguez went in, I believe, the fifth to to Washington. Could be wrong. I thought it was sixth. the sixth. I think it was. Yeah. The sixth so one. I mean, he's a perfect example of a guy that uh, would be a wise bet. And so I mean, just I hope there's a few names for people. But that to me is an example of you want the Bears selecting a running back in that fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth seventh round every year and i think that's going to be something that they continue to do all right what about uh this question Jalen and mooney be resigned uh, i'd love I'll to real, see Jalen johnson back but i'll go real quick i just i think you should keep Jalen johnson good cornerbacks are hard yep. to find and uh yep. but again i i also am very firm on my number i don't not paying him like a number one he doesn't he doesn't play like Jalen ramsey came off the tour of meniscus and has had picks and and successive games like there's a difference and there's levels to this game and he's just not at that level. So um, he needs to be real about his value. And this is, that's the the nuance about this question. I probably would keep Jalen over Mooney, all things equal, but if Mooney comes in and say, Hey, pay me 12 million bucks a year, that's a damn good deal for a yeah. wide receiver that could be in your slot where Jalen comes in saying, pay me 20. I'm not doing it. So yeah, uh, there's nuance. Yeah, I think uh, Jalen, I love him a lot. I want him to be a bear, but I think his, 
when he dropped that pick six last week, he, cost he just money, bro. he lost a lot of money. He lost yep. a lot of money with that. And then another overthrow that, yeah, he had to dive for it, and he didn't feel like he had a chance at it. He said that on the score. Great players, players that want to make $23 million, which is allegedly what he asked for a year, make those plays. You know, you can't allocate that amount of money to somebody who, A, isn't on the field every single Sunday, and B, isn't making the plays when the game is on the line. As much as I love Jalen, and I think, just like you said, Jordan, I would love to have him back at maybe 15, 16, but I'm not paying him 20, what he's what he's possibly no. asking for. No. And Mooney, I've, I love him. I got his jersey. I love Mooney, but I feel like they have tried to draft. That's why Tyler Scott was drafted. They, they feel like he can fill that mold, and they can – move forward that way. I mean, I don't know. Like you said, Jordan, if he'll take a hometown discount, he loves Justin Fields, loves Chicago. If he'll take a discount like that, then, yeah, if you can get him 10 to 12 million, you can keep both of them. Uh, I just don't uh, – we'll have to see how it plays out, and we'll have to see if Ryan Poles is the GM. If you got a brand-new GM, who's to say that they don't say, look, the guy before me has allocated all these – draft picks into the secondary. Why do I need to re-sign Jalen Johnson if we have Terrell Smith and Tyreek Stevenson who had a hell of a game last week and Kyler Gordon and if I feel like drafting another corner this year, there's a couple of them, you know, like yeah. Maybe they just maybe it comes down to a numbers game. Uh yep. I, I have no idea. I um, think you gotta get a safety. Whether it's I mean there's a good safety so it'll be free agents, man. Got me Antoine Winfield Jr. I'm going uh, young at safety. Malachi Moore is a guy that I like a lot. Draft, drafting a safety. You to, if you're yeah. not going to sign one of the good free agent safeties that are out there, uh, you know, you have to – you've got to come out of this draft with this free safety. Yeah. I, I was thinking about that. Uh, what, what would y'all think about putting Terrell Smith back there? Well, interesting enough, Matt Eberflew said something about, about Terrell Smith. Terrell <laughs> really? Smith being a big part of this future. Okay. Oh, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I don't. I don't listen to him anymore. I just, so. I just don't know how much I value the guy talking about futures of the team. Uh, he's not. Yeah, he doesn't have a future with you're the team. You're not going to be so. here, brother. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm just. It was interesting that he said that. No, I know. know. So they, they I view mean, him. I can just give you my my draft perspective, Rob. I mean, he was he was a big athletic corner that was a little bit stiff in the hips to play in phase. And while that sounds dangerous to put at free safety because, you know, oh, man, can he flip his hips and have range? It it can be, but the benefit is that you're playing top down, you're playing 15 yards off, and you're not responsible for playing a man in his hip pocket through the entire route distribution. So theoretically, he'd be able to see what's coming at him and drive down with that athleticism. Uh, but to be very clear, and I'm not at all, this is not like a BoJack, Eddie Jackson, Stan, uh, you know, conversation I'm having. He definitely is on the way out. Uh, but you're just – I think if anybody that needs to understand, even Bojack at his compromise level still has more range than a lot of safeties um, that, you know, you're going to pull in. And so I don't think he's the answer. I think you need to move on. But I also don't think Terrell Smith is – people – not you, fellas. I'm just whoever, you know, whether it's Eberflus or otherwise, the PE teacher, um, I think that people are constantly trying to, you know, plug holes of like, oh, man, look at our six-round rookie. He could be the next starter. It's like sometimes let that man play a role. It's – Terrell Smith can be a good depth corner. You need those. Um, I thought you don't need to elevate him. 
I thought Greg Stroman would have been a guy that they could move to safety that he played really well against Washington. And then we never saw him again. They, they got back healthy and brought other guys back and the depth is so big at corner, but you don't have a whole lot of depth at safety. You've got those two starters and then Elijah Hicks and then some, some guys they picked up off the street. Like I, Yeah, but I like uh, in the draft, Malachi, I like Malachi, Malachi Moore, and I like Rob uh, I Moore from Michigan. Malachi Starks on Georgia. Yeah. Also a good oh, player. about Cam, Cam, Cameron Kinchins of Miami uh, looks like a good player. I don't know. Jordan, you know watch. that kid? Yeah, I mean, these are players that would be fantastic if you had that Montez Sweat pick. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, and I'm exactly. giving, giving them a hard time. But, uh, yeah, I mean – to me, you probably My, want to take Miami safety. safeties. I mean, long, long line of uh, uh, good, talented hurricane safeties in the NFL. Yeah. No, no, no. You probably want to take a, a safety at that 68th or 105th pick, ideally. Yep. Um, if you're hoping. And again, I mean, in that point, I, I like Andrew Makuba from, from Clemson. Um, he's a, he's a, a really rangy guy, a little bit slighter in frame, but we'll see if he makes it that deep. Uh, a guy that I continue to to just harp on, and I know he's not not going to be what many people know, but it's uh, it's Bud Clark from TCU. Um, he had an interception yesterday. He, he he's had three interceptions on the year. He's a big, tall, lanky uh, safety, but has incredible range. Um, and I mean, picked off my boy JJ McCarthy in the playoffs, but that's that's just one thing. I mean, obviously he's had many of interceptions and uh, former cornerback background. Speaking of guys like Terrell Smith moving to safety, um, so understands what it is to play in coverage on a man, and now is playing at free safety for TCU. And Bud Clark is a guy that I think yep. would be there late. Yep. Well, while we're on defense, Suntars nine threw out a good one. Got to get someone yeah. opposite side to match Sweat. Uh, Derek Barnett was released by the Eagles this week, and I haven't yeah. seen if anyone picked him up. I know we have a pretty high waiver claim. Um, that could possibly be a guy that you bring in to put on the SEC guy. Came from Tennessee. Uh, yep. He was drafted in the first round by the Eagles and hasn't – I mean, he's just kind of been overplayed by Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, and all the names that they have on their defensive front. Uh but as far as the draft, I like both the guys from Alabama. I think it's Chris Braswell and yep. Dallas Turner is – I mean, Dallas Turner, if you want him, you're going to have to grab him with that number four overall pick probably because he's – at least right now, he's looking like the top one. Um, I know KB mentioned the guy from UCLA. Uh, he has a little bit of an injury history that scared Jordan away and some size issues, I think, is – this you makes like our defense, you know, so you, so you got those things going. Um, but, uh, as, I mean, as far as edge rushers, I loved Jared Verse coming in. Hell, I was ready to take him last year, you know, with our first pick. Uh, but he just hasn't continued the trajectory that I expected him at Florida State. If he came out last year, he would have been a top ten pick. And then he went back to school instead and hasn't panned out as well for him. Um, I just Jordan, who you got at edge rusher? Yeah, I mean, it depends on what you're looking for, and obviously, we're just going to keep the assumption that you're standing in even front. Uh, so you can go one of two ways, and I'll give you what I would do, but I'm going to quickly go back to what I think the Bears will do. I think you've got your strong side defensive end, and this is why typically a unique Ngakwe should be thriving because you do want that shiftier, quicker, smaller 
better pass rusher per se at your weak side defensive end. Uh, but I also don't think that that's ever anything that you've seen this staff or Ryan Poles do. He likes pocket pushers, pocket denters, um, people that crush guys. So, I mean, to me, I look at guys like Jordan Birch, uh, defensive lineman out of, out of Oregon, uh, Darius Robinson, just a total freak show out of Missouri. Uh, obviously, as we, we talk about being later in the, later in the class, uh, Brandon Dorless is another good example. Uh, Gabriel Murphy, UCLA. Uh, you know, I know a lot, a lot of people talk about Jonah Ellis out of Utah. He's another thinner guy. He's uh, uh, smaller, though. Yeah. But. I mean, I'll tell you the one guy I've, yeah, I mean, I'm going to sound ridiculous, a massive hard on for, a massive boner for, but he's certainly not going to make it to the point that the Bears uh, would take him is Braylon Trice, um, who I know got a Washington, little bit of run. Washington, right? Yeah, I know a lot, yeah. got, got a little bit of run, but like people have quieted on him and I just don't get it. You watch him and he is, I mean, I'm like, Yo, man, go to go to Tennessee, go to go to New England, go to one of these places that they're just going to tell you, hey, man, beat the shit out of the offensive lineman in front of you. Uh, <laughs> and he does that every weekend in yeah. the Pac-12. And he's just a total nightmare and a nuisance to deal with. He's not flashy. He's not he's not bendy. It's not that he's just but that's to me what I'm talking about when you think about what the Bears want. He's a guy that's just going to totally go to war and go to battle every rep with the offensive lineman and mm-hmm. have that dude getting up like, "Oh my god, this is a nightmare well, every time." I, I mean, if, if he's a if he's a guy like that when the combine comes around, if he tapes out well and has good size and good hand size and good speed, then then you know, us layman fans will will start to pair that with clips that we see of him and say, okay, maybe this is a guy, you know, that that we can that we can draft and we can build on. Um, but it kind of sounds like he's a lot like Sweat, so I don't know if he's exactly a fit for the Bears. Uh, if if this is our defense, you know, I just uh, uh, I don't. I don't know. Uh KB, who you got at edge? Anybody or uh I mean you got the you got the usual suspects that everybody was going over. Uh but a, a kid I liked and I like him late. Uh it's the Kamara kid out of uh, Colorado State. Yeah, Muhammad Kamara. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't mind getting a kid like him. Uh I mean he, he's probably not gonna be, you know, <laughs> like a 10 to 12 sack guy, especially early on. But he has a lot of heart and looks to be a very solid leader type guy. Uh, I mean, if we taking you taking shots on people later on in the draft, I would love to see us grab him. Uh, like I said, I know the boy out of UCLA is an is an, is a monster, but like like y'all said, he has injury issues. But if it was if it was ever a way you can for you're betting on somebody to hit that that dude. That, that that kid is a fighter. He he is a fucking monster and a nightmare. So, mm-hmm. but that that's first four picks. So, yeah. yep, yeah. You got Harrison and him with one and four. Yeah. <laughs> but so, yeah, uh, what a, what about Twi Twi Malau? Good closing speed. Got some good size too, man. I like his hustle. Uh, maybe get him a little bit later he's on. Inter- I mean, he's he's interesting. Yeah, interesting to me too. Uh. I mean, I, Latu and Chop Robinson, you know, they're, they're guys that are kind of the Yannick and Gakwe size, you know. Uh, you but, know uh, I'll give this it, about Chop Robinson. Jonah Ellis, but. I'll give this about Chop, Chop Robinson. The, the fact that Michigan had to switch their whole goddamn place down <laughs> just so they can avoid passing the ball because that <sighs> yep. is a lot of his things. 
I know. That's because, you know, and I, I mean, look, I'm, I'm sure anybody can you tell me. Get Jordan fired up here. Oh, because it's yep. just, you know, Michigan, I, I get it. Everybody wants to. I, I've never, I mean, it's been a while. I'm, I should never uh, say J- never. JJ had I, a great game yesterday. I've man. not seen a fucking quarterback. We got to give it to Jordan. That is as divisive as JJ McCarthy is. Uh, the amount of he, fucking people that are like, so oh, this yesterday. dude's not. Not NFL talent. Oh, he looks like Zach Wilson. I, I mean, I was, I'm not even talking about just the clowns and, and the casuals. On, on Twitter. If Kyle like, Shanahan has a chance to grab, or, you know, he didn't have Brock. I mean, I'm talking about like people whatever. like Nita Kimes it, making shit, making so good in, in, in San Francisco. But I mean, to to KB's point, and with Chop Robinson, yeah, I, and this is why I'm I'm emboldened about JJ McCarthy is. He's not throwing to Marvin Harrison Jr., Roma Dunze, Malik Neighbors, yeah. Brian Thomas. Yeah. He's throwing to Roma Wilson and Colston Loveland. His running yeah. backs are underperforming. And to the point of the Chop Robinson, the offensive line in Michigan only knows how to move one way. They go into drive. They don't know how to go into reverse. Um, so, I mean, to, to that point, you're, you're asking your quarterback to, you know, hey, he only gets 15 to 20 plays to, to throw the ball, and he has to be fucking perfect and meaningful on all of them and not make a mistake. And the kid does it. Yeah, um, I think he's starting to rise up draft boards. His size will be a question mark when the combine comes and they get a legitimate height and weight. Oh, I mean, but him. you 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 already know, fellas. Like I I, I sat quiet on, on Twitter yesterday, but the oh, amount yeah. of people that were just fucking shoving the crow into their mouth for JJ yeah. McCarthy, I'm like, it's about goddamn time. Oh goddamn <laughs> time! I, he's you know, so smart, man. He's such a smart quarterback. Well, I, he, I saw his post game interview too, and he was like. You know, I'll see y'all in Indy. You know, he, he gave credit to Ohio State for playing the way they play. So he seems like a stand-up kid too. So he's not he's not like gonna come out there and be like, Hell yeah, we did our thing, you know, Michigan, let's go. Harbaugh, we miss you. And I'm not that's another you had, thing. Like, they act like Harbaugh's died. I don't Yeah. Well, I'm not <laughs> every post like game some, some four hundred yard game. That's not it at all. But Tooch put it perfectly, like he played a fantastic game. They, when he had to make a play, he yeah. made a play. Yep. And I'm not talking about just the – the some call it questionable. It wasn't questionable to me. The Roma Wilson touchdown, which was a fucking dime, a keyhole throw. Um, oh, but he had one where he was scrambling out. Uh, looked like, how is this kid going to complete the sideline? Yep. And that's not, Dude, that's not that 15 so yards. Crazy. That was like a 25, 30-yard right. throw. Um, I mean, his got, window was about this big. Yep. <laughs> and he fit in that. That cross body throw, he threw it back across the fucking field. I mean – Yeah, <laughs> sideline throws – what do you want? What, like, what, what, what tools are you missing? Like, and I'm not, I'm he's not a perfect prospect. If anybody wants me to like, where, well, what are your negatives on McCarthy? I got a few of them, but to me, I'm like, I, I've been saying, man, I actually I like to... him better than the top two guys now after, wow. after yesterday. Yep. I just well. there's a skills there, and I mean, let's not even talk about the running. Like, he I, liked, a, I like, I like the scramble. brain, man. Yeah, he had a, he had a scramble yesterday a... that that went. This is what I mean: making plays when he needed it. The running game was fine. I know Quorum had a big run later. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Matthew. And I look, I mean, hey, eat some crow too, buddy, won't you? You're Penn State. You're little brother. I mean, look, and this is all due respect, but Penn State rides little brother. They're always fucking broads in that division. You got you got the big boys playing in Ohio State, Michigan, and every year they have a chance to swap it off, but right now Michigan's riding high. Penn State's never even in the fucking conversation. They're always little brother number three in that in that conference. They are. So, I mean, Drew, Drew Aller, you know, like let me let me put it real quick for you, Matthew. And I love you, brother. But the reality is. We got Drew Aller, King of Mid, and then we got Kyle McCord, King of Mid. That's what they thought you were going to be walking into yesterday with Ohio State, Michigan. And then J.J. McCarthy put a fucking cherry on it. Was like, no, 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 I'm not mid. I'm a legit NFL talent quarterback, and Kyle McCord's out there looking like Drew Aller Part Two. So, Jesus thanks. Christ, he looked bad. Well, maybe they should just move to the ACC because uh, 
you know, Louisville can go to the ACC and lose two games, and then when they play Kentucky, they get, they get so Matthew's part when I draft JJ in Chicago, I think he'd be a great fit in Chicago. Uh, just because he's from the, the area, he's a tough kid. He plays in the elements. Uh, yep. You know, he's a he comes from a blue blood program. I don't think he's easily shaken up. Uh, but and I would, but there's no way in hell they're drafting him in Chicago. And I'm happy for the kid. I hope he goes well, to a successful. Once we bring in Jim Harbaugh, maybe he'll have a say in it. Well, they're not bringing in Jim Harbaugh because Jim Harbaugh is too divisive. Jim Harbaugh is going to make the the McCaskies, you know, pucker their well, butts a little bit. But well, wait, Kevin Warren says. He has something to say about that. Mm-hmm. I love this point, KB. You know, uh, Former uh, Big Ten president, right. Kevin Warren. <laughs> Look, uh, Warren, I guarantee you Warren is evaluating everybody in that building, you know, from polls on town, man. Uh, he, uh, Ryan Poles has to be in this conversation when it comes out. It's oh, not Warren's guy. It's he, not Warren's guy. The- yeah. Okay, I, I, I do I'll say this because I want to preface this because this was something I had retweeted and I, I guess a lot of people started questioning it and liking it. Uh, yeah. when we uh we brought up the whole situation from when Poles got hired and he hired even Fluce, whatever the case was, and you had Jim Caldwell brought in. The fact that Jim Caldwell came in with his homework done and saying, Hey, I know what our quarterback does good. I'm a Justin Fields guy. I can build an offense around his talents, and somehow Eberflus gets picked. I like I said, bro. I that made me sour on polls a little bit more, man. That's that's glaring. I don't get it. I, I don't. But I know we got a time issue going on, so we'll we'll say that for another day. Yeah, yeah. We got to get into this week's game before we head out of here, so that Tooch can go yep. over there with Goon and help people oh, set yeah. their fantasy lineups. Yep. Uh, so Bears play Vikings Monday night football uh, in Minnesota. Josh Dobbs taking setting the NFL world on fire um, and, and just making plays. The pastronaut, as they call him, uh, the, the guy is a rocket scientist, literally has a degree from Tennessee, uh, and he's this generation's Ryan. So smart. Love it. He's this generation's Ryan's Fit, Ryan Fitzpatrick, whereas he's played for several teams and he'll get traded to a team and be the starter that weekend before he even knows all the guys standing in the huddle with him. And, he, I mean, he just gets things done, and it's a fun story to follow. Uh, and, and the Bears, unfortunately, seem to be heading the other way. It looked like we may not be for three-quarters of the game last week, and then we pissed it away in the, in the end. Uh, and it just – now, one person on this panel said that last week's game would be close, and I bet on it, and I hit that bet. Um, I had Bears plus five, I think, or something like whatever the spread was last week. I don't remember. I had the Bears plus to cover, and they did cover. I think it was uh, seven and week, a half, wasn't it? Seven and a half? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was bigger. Seven and a half, yeah. Uh, this week they are three and a half point underdogs, Monday Night Football. I still think it's close. Uh, we'll, we'll just talk a little bit. Uh, Jordan, I know you want to talk about some Brian Flores. Tell me what Brian Flores does and how he is able to disrupt quarterback play and disrupt your whole team, honestly. I mean, I know this is a guy that you you said, and I, and I heard it again this week on Hogan Johns. They mentioned him about being 
a a head coach candidate Yo, for the Bears. Shit, that uh, shit is so funny because I should almost I'll find a way to clip it up. I I don't know anybody else that was talking up Brian Flores as much as I was back before Eberflus was hired. And there was a time with I, I Hogan Johns were like accepting callers in, and I tried to get on and I didn't make it. I had to drive home from work, didn't have the internet connection. But he was like, "Oh, I'm sure I knew that that Jordan guy was going to come on and talk about Brian Flores." And it's funny now, like all of a sudden you got Hogan Johns like, "Oh man, that's this Brian Flores guy." Everybody in the NFL. It's like Brian yeah. Flores should have a fucking job. It's, I mean, I'm not, I'm not always right, but there are certain things where it's like it's fucking clear as day when you got a good quality coach. And yeah, um, I said, I, look, I'm said it. I, I know this is gonna piss Bears fans off. I said Brian Flores would blank the Bears uh, in in 2023 as DC of the, the Vikings. Did it one time, and I'm ready to say he'll do it again. Uh, but we'll get to that point. But as far as just what Brian Flores does, he um, he loads fronts. He presents cover zero, uh, cover one looks. And then it's what we call min-maxing. So he will either send a ton of pressure or drop eight and send three. Um, and he'll send them in different different looks, different stunts, um, where he'll have, you know, that five tech come all the way around to the opposite. So it's twist a lot and stuff. Yeah, it's it's a nightmare to deal with because as yeah. a quarterback, and as it went again, I mean, most quarterbacks are setting the, the protection in the NFL, but even if it's your center, how are you setting a protection when – and this is the beauty of what Brian Flores does – I'm always plus one. It doesn't matter. You can leave your running back and your tight end, and then I just bring another guy down to the box. It does not matter what you do. Mm. You always have to account that I have plus one, and it does not matter. You will not be able to block everybody if I send them. And so now the goal is if I can waste your tight end and waste your running back in protection, you get less guys out on routes. And then all of a sudden I don't even have to send everybody. I just drop a bunch of people into zone. And then yeah. where are you thrown into? Or you all of a sudden are, are feeling like, oh my God, is, am I under pressure? Because there were six, there were seven people at the line. It's a beautiful defense. So, answer that question. Fields was injured uh, in that game against the Vikings, got the finger, yeah. the thumb injury. So it was hat, both, both Fields and Bajan. But go ahead, KB. Sorry about that. I, I was going to say, what is what front does he primarily operate out of? That question, I, I I didn't know. I wasn't really paying attention to when he, when we played them. So is he primarily a four three? Is he no three, no no? Four? It's an odd. Does he operate out of? A... It's an odd front. So it's it's okay. three down linemen. Um, but he and it's not even like the Mike Zimmer of old with the Vikings, where he'll just all of a sudden crowd the a gap and mug it up. Um, it's just a it's a variety of fronts, but it's all predicated on that three four defense with two outside linebackers, two inside linebackers, your three down linemen. And where he moves guys is what's particularly interesting. And this all goes back to the Patriots defense and his time in New England where they had guys like Deontay uh, Deontay Foreman, Deontay Hightower, uh, where they would move him as a Mike linebacker. And I'm not kidding. They'd put him at edge rusher. They'd put him down on a guard because he was just such a big, thick linebacker. They don't have that yet. And this is the best part about him is he's making chicken salad out of true chicken shit there. Yeah, um, they got rid of everybody this offseason. Yeah, I, I mean, it's were... just – he's incredible. So I hope that answered your question, KB. Yeah. Uh, Daniil Hunter, pretty good player, man. I, I yeah. can give you some numbers. But man, he's uh, he, he's been uh, on the place, man. Uh, Daniil Hunter, uh, last time he squared off with the Bears offensive line, two sacks, two quarterback hits, two tackles for a loss of one batted pass. Uh, the line uh, – we, we were without Braxton Jones in that game, though, so uh, – uh, our offensive line has played well though uh, last few games, but uh, uh, you got he, 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 Daniel Hunter's also been great at getting the strip sack. 
So he's yeah, definitely the guy we have to game plan against today. Uh, have to bring no, the lunch pail no on Monday. He's <laughs> absolutely good. I, I'm just saying, like, you know, in comparison to everything else, they've got an undrafted linebacker, Ivan Pace, yep. who I like, but he's their linebacker. Um, Jordan Hicks is their other guy. They've The problem is, like, and this is actually one of the negatives on Brian Flores, is if you just don't fit the scheme or he doesn't like you, you don't fucking play. And, I mean, that actually really hurts the Vikings right now. And Lewis Seen, their, their safety, their first-round safety, is not playing Andrew Booth. Uh, is playing a little bit, but not getting a ton of time. So um, there's 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 some personnel issues there where I think they could be maximizing some talent more. Um, and then I know we got to talk about the game, so I'll just be super duper quick. Uh, somebody had said like, why is there no love or talk for Mike McDonald, the Ravens DC for head coach? And I'll just be very quick because it relates to Brian Flores. You're not going to hear me besmirch Mike McDonald anyway. Mike McDonald absolutely deserves conversation. It's just to me, Brian Flores runs a one of one defense in this league. Nobody runs it like him. There's a lot of imitators. Wink Martindale's another one of them, but nobody does it quite like him. And that is the value and the allure in a way that Mike McDonald is running. And Mike McDonald's fantastic, but he's running a lot of what other players run, other coaches run in this league, where when you hire Brian Flores, you literally get a single one-of-one one key on how to blank the best offensive minds in the league. And yeah, that's I mean, Shanahan, that's McVay, that's anybody. Look at look at last year the Vikings defense was terrible. In one year, bringing Brian Flores there, they they have turned it around, man. Now they're a really good defense. And they got rid of some of the hard best to players. run on them, man. The run they got rid of Zadarius Smith. They got yep. rid of uh their linebacker Kendricks. They got rid of a ton of a ton of veteran yeah, players gone. off that defense. Yeah, I mean, yep. you know. Yep. Um, I mean, I agree with Mr. Mayhem here. I have zero confidence in this coaching staff, even if we have a lead. I mean, like I told you guys last week, when we kicked that field goal on fourth and one, I told my wife we're going to lose this ball game because I just don't – I don't think they – like you said, Jordan, scared money don't make no money. And if you're if you're coaching scared or coaching not to lose instead of coaching to win – you're going to lose. That's the bottom line. Um, I do think a big reason why Brian Flores or you say Mike McDonald haven't been brought up in this coaching search is look at our past hires. We went from uh, Lovey Smith to Mark Tressman, from Mark Tressman to John Fox, from John Fox to Matt Nagy. So you're going offense, defense, offense, defense. I just don't see them going defense. I see yep. them going with an offensive mind, and, and uh, neither one of those guys fit that. Now, if uh, I, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we need to talk some more about this game. Justin Jefferson yeah. is a questionable game-time decision type yep. deal. I think they're just trying to – I don't see him playing, but I think that they're going to make the Bears at least think he might play. You know, so they have since to week five against the Chiefs. Yeah, so that the, so that they have to try and come up with a game plan for him because your your game plan is completely different if Justin Jefferson's playing as opposed to if he's not. So they're gonna not divulge that information until kickoff, and then by then you've wasted half your week trying to trying to prepare for a player that's not playing. Uh, in my opinion. Um, as you, as you said, Jordan, the defense is very confusing. Uh, they confused Justin Fields before they heard him in that last game. Um, uh, I'm just trying I, to think. I just, I, if you're Brian Flores, like, why would I assume that Justin Fields has learned any way to decode, decipher, to beat my defense? And not saying he can't, but if I'm Brian Flores, I'm going out there loading it right back up and going, prove to me you can beat this because I've, I went up against yeah. Lamar Jackson in his MVP year and he couldn't do it. 
Right. I've done it to to two of talk about Loa to Jared Goff. I've done it to everybody. Well, Russell Wilson was able to figure it out last week, so hopefully they saw some things on tape from the game last week. I don't know it was a one point game, uh, and a very close game, but yeah. uh, maybe they saw some things on tape that the Broncos were able to do that they can take advantage of. Especially the ball far- field. I'm, I guess, yeah. but you I, and I'm I'm just playing devil's advocate, AC. I'm not necessarily yeah. disagreeing, but the difference there is that. You've got a quality. There's no questions about the veracity and quality of Sean Payton as an offensive mind That's going true. up against a quality defensive mind like Brian Flores. Lou Getzey, yeah. Brian Flores. Uh, I'll leave it there. I mean, you decide <laughs> you want to go there, but that's Matt the deal. Yeah. And, and I don't know how much of it is Luke Getzey or how much of it is Eberflus handcuffing him because, like I said, early in the game, Getzey was calling a good game, in my opinion throwing the ball well, running the ball well, letting Fields get out and run a little bit, and and building plays off of plays. And then at the end, when it started to get conservative, I have a feeling that his defensive-minded head coach was in his ear saying, just run the ball. Just run the ball. Fields is questionable? I have not heard that. I hadn't. That's news to me. It's news to me, too. Well, he said Floof said it, or she said Floof said it. You can't – I can't believe anything. It's not, he's not said. even listed on the injury report. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe anything that Flu says in those press yeah, conferences no anymore. I, I, I mean, he came out and told the whole world he had something about up his Foreman. sleeve for that second half. <laughs> Foreman is doubtful. Yeah, Tyreek Stevenson is. questionable. Uh, a blazing game looks like he's out. Lucas, or maybe, uh, he, he looks like. I mean, uh, sorry, Noah Sewell's the only one that's listed as out. Blasting game with Patrick. Uh, had I think Foreman's ankle injury hurt us a lot last week, too, because yeah, he was running doubtful. the ball really well, and then he went out with his injury, and they leaned on Herbert, but Herbert didn't look like his normal self out there. He didn't look like he's all the way back. He was kind of trying to push through it probably a little bit. Uh, I don't I mean, know why they don't trust Rashawn Johnson to be the lead guy, uh, but they, they just don't. give it to him. Good things happen. Yeah. Yeah. John Hammer says something like, if a Bears loss on Monday gets rid of Eberflus and company on Tuesday, it would be the first time for me rooting for a Bears loss. Well, could, I'm, I'm, I'm not breaking – this rumor to bed. Well, I, okay. Well, I'm not breaking he's any not connected to I, the. He's not connected to the McCaskey family. That was okay. clickbait. Okay. I'm just saying I'm not breaking any news here. I'm not. I don't I don't have some insight. But a little birdie may have told me that this could be the game, that if it's ugly – and a loss happens, there may be the first head coach fired in season. I'll believe it when I see it. I certainly understand that. But little birdie through a birdie well, through a birdie. I totally we have that. the we have the bye week after this, correct? We're on bye next week. Yep. Yep. So that would give your interim head coach two weeks to get ready to to be to head coach his first game. If he blows uh, another another big lead, uh, that's what talking about. One of those two. Great, I, yeah. That's. I'm not breaking any news if it's like gone. a close loss, but if it's one of those, I've heard that change will up, happen. Up, up double digits in the fourth quarter and collapse again, he's gone. Yeah. Look, let me, let me just set the table here, man. Uh, the Vikings, I mean, first of all, signing Josh Dobbs was brilliant uh, yeah. because now the, uh, the Vikings have put themselves into playoffs contention. They're six and five. Um, all-time series, uh, Vikings lead 66-56. You know, uh, versus the Bears, they have a nine to seven advan- lead uh, in Monday night meetings. Fields, zero and three in his career against the Vikings, but he's got a ninety-four point four passer rating in those matchups. Monday night in his career, Fields is one and two uh, with three with uh, three touchdown passes, two interceptions, passer rating. 
Bears are 33 and 42 all time on Monday Night Football, and it's only six and 26 on the road. Uh, if if you're asking me, look, if they're going to beat the Vikings, Justin Fields has to have uh, he's got to put together another good game like he had against the Lions, both running the ball, passing the ball. He's got to hit his keys. Uh, Bears offensive line they have to be successful protecting Justin Fields. The pass rush has got to be able to contain Justin uh, Joshua Dobbs, make a plays with his legs, and uh, uh, the Bears have to stop T.J. Hawkinson and Jordan Addison from making plays and limit their turnovers. The Vikings have ten turnovers in their last six games, so Brian Flores doing his job, and we gotta, we gotta, we gotta uh, uh, do it. So, man, you know, Vikings have a couple talented players in the secondary. Byron Murphy playing very hard. Uh, last time we played the Vikings, you know, he did a really good job in that game. Justin Fields uh, uh, shied away from throwing to that side of Byron Murphy. He does well against Justin and, Fields every time when he was yep, in Arizona. Every time he played well against Justin. And then uh, Harrison Smith always been a a, a tough play player uh, versus the Bears. Dirty so, uh, Harrison Smith. I mean, yeah, I mean uh, uh, that's uh, those are those are some of the keys uh, Bears have got to uh, take care of if we're going to have a have a, a a chance in this game. Yeah, well, we got to wrap this thing up. We got about fifteen minutes, so I'll go around the room. Give me your score prediction, bowl prediction, your MVB. And I'm not sure what we'll do next week where we're on by. We may just take the week off unless breaking news happens and we have a new head coach. Then maybe we'll talk yeah. about the implications of that and we'll try and close it out quick, quick enough to get the uh, Tooch back to his uh, fantasy show. So go ahead, Chris. Chris, you'll have to unmute yourself and give me your uh, score prediction, bowl prediction, MVB, and, and, and anything else you got. Hit shout outs and all that. Go ahead, Chris. Um, you know what? I, I think the Bears might sneak this one. I don't know why, but I just think if we can play like we did do for you know for like the, the three quarters of the game last week, I think we can match up with the Vikings really well. But like you say, their defense does find all the weaknesses by Justin Fields quite easily. Uh, I mean, I remember like uh, the game at home when we were the first play. You know, Justin Fields gets blindsided because we don't bother putting a back in to chip chip their defensive end. And I knew straight away that their defense were going to dominate us. So I think we could sneak it, but if, if we're going to sneak it, I'd say it's 21 to 18 to the Bears. Um, regarding sort of MVP, really, I'd re you know, I really want to sort of say Andrew Billings, really, because I really want to see that defensive line improve. And I think, I think he'll get a lot more chances due to Sweat and you know, the other guys who were brought onto the... Uh, Onto the uh, onto the team, so I'm hoping for the Bears win. If it is, it's going to be a little short one. You know, I don't think we're going to win by much if we do. But uh, I just want to see us be more consistent and play a full game instead of like what we did last week. Absolutely. That, yeah. If you want to hit shout outs, go ahead. Yeah, shout to you, boy. Shout to the chat. Um, let's hope the Bears can do it on on national TV. We've sort of sucked really on national TV for a long time, but uh, yeah, let's hope we get a Bears win. But uh, I just want it to be a good game as well, man, because uh, some of the games the Bears have played this year have been a bit shocking, especially that uh, the Thursday night game against Carolina. So uh, let's hope the Bears can do it, but uh, I think it could be a tight one. I really do. No, I think so too. Go ahead, KB. All right, uh. Shit. I don't know, man. I just don't got no faith in this damn coaching staff, bro. <laughs> I'm going to say we find a way to blow it 24 to 17 uh, Vikings. 
let's say MVB. I'll I'll get MVB to Fields. I say Fields has a decent day, but we we do what we've done and we blow this game. Then my bold prediction is fucking Ibrahimovic is fired after this game. So <laughs> uh, nice. shout out. Shout outs go to everybody in the chat. Y'all have been awesome today. It's been amazing. Um, I love y'all coming in. Man, hit the like button. Fucking subscribe. Do all that shit. It's good for the algorithm. We appreciate y'all. We love y'all. Love y'all boys, man. Absolutely. Go ahead, Jordan. Absolutely. Well, I, I figure I should start like heavy. Oh, shit. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just like, I've never seen somebody so negative about it, but I appreciate it because I need some I need some equal energy to match me. Um, I look, I, of course, I, everybody likes to be right, but I, I do. I, I'm sticking by what I said before the season even started. I think Brian Flores finds a way to craft magic again and blank this offense. And blank is tough. I mean, I understand some people think blank means a total goose egg. I don't think it's hard to shut out any NFL opponent, but you know, a, a meaningless offensive game, 10, 13 points, something like that. Um, and I don't think that the Vikings are necessarily going to come off just roaring on offense, but it comes down to even beyond the players. I just think it's a coach's game. Uh, this particular aspect. I certainly think Brian Flores is a better uh, defense coordinator than Luke Getzi is an offensive coordinator. And I certainly think Kevin O'Connell is going to put Iberfus's antiquated defense in a chokehold. So um, I think that whether it's Josh Jobs or not, whether Justin Jefferson's there or not, I think that the Vikings find a way to do just enough to kind of get past them on a, on a primetime night. And, uh, but I also, I let me give myself a little out. There's nothing more bears than when they play a primetime, they find a way to just eat these, these things out. So we're going to see it, but for what it's worth, consider it a loss by by me to, to the Vikings. Call it uh 21-13 type game. 20, you know, 20 to 13, something like that. Um, so that's the way I see that. MVP. Uh give me give me Tyreek Stevenson. I, I I think that Josh Dobbs is a smart player, but I think he has taken some chances and gets punished for it. And I think a guy like Tyreek Stevenson, even more than Jalen Johnson, Jalen Johnson knows how to be in position to almost scare away a quarterback. Tyreek Stevenson sometimes looks like he's just out of it. It gets these balls thrown to him and people pick on him. And he finds a way to get back in. I mean, his interception last week was just a a bad throw by, (laughs) and it just kind of hit him right in the hands. Yeah. So I think uh, (laughs) I I have him having a a takeaway and then uh, bold prediction. Uh, Bold prediction is that. Justin Fields, uh, I, I'm not going to put that bad juju out. There. I was going to say he gets hurt again. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that to, to Bears fans uh, just because I think he's going to be on the ground a lot in this game. I think they're going to sack, sack him quite a bit. Uh, I'll go with KB. I, I don't mean to piggyback off it, but I hope this little birdie I heard was true. Um, I hope the Bears find a way to, to let Eberflus out to pasture after this game. Yeah. Uh, if you want to hit shout outs, and then yeah, I'll... sorry, sorry about that. Shout outs is always, I mean, it's it's the same message, but it's always just as good every week to you, fellas. Fantastic chat, always fantastic talking with you. Um, as early as it is to, and it hurts to get up as early to talk with you, fellas. I always enjoy it every single week. Um, talking ball chat, you guys are always fantastic. We had so many questions starred today because of all the good, good content you're providing, and uh, it's always welcome discourse and in every aspect talking with you all. So thank you for being here. Do the favors to put it up a while ago, hit the like button, subscribe, um, all those algorithm things that help uh, keep the lights on and, and keep all the Gandia happy with us so that um, you have a show to tune into at the early crack of dawn here on the West coast. So uh, <laughs> thank you fellas. Have a wonderful week. Bear down. Tucci, if you want to go ahead, I know you got do another show to go to. So if you want to yep. go ahead and hit yours real quick, then you can hop out. Yeah. Look, this is a game. Uh, I probably not going to bet, you know, I just don't, there's too many un.
ones for me. If I had to pick a score, I'd look, the total was 45 and a half, and now it's gone. It's dropped two points. So, you know, people are all over the under. So uh, probably not a high-scoring game, which kind of plays into uh, uh, the uh, Vikings' hands. Uh, I'm going to say 2016 Vikings. Uh, I just look the superior coaches, the Vikings. I, if the Bears are going to win this game, Justin Fields has got to break a couple long touchdowns. And I'm not saying that can't happen because it absolutely can. Uh, but uh, uh, Justin Fields, this this is you know this is a good test for him. Let me just say, we have to. Uh, I've said a lot of times that uh, the Bears' mission is to evaluate Justin Fields for the rest of the season. Uh, but in a sense, I've also said uh, on on uh, Bear Their Souls that this coaching staff needs to prove that they deserve to coach Justin Fields because right now yeah. I don't think they do. And uh, I'll second that bold prediction. If it's another collapse, uh, I think I'm with KB and Jordan and saying Eber Flutes has shown the door. Uh, maybe Kevin Warren makes that call over uh, Ryan Poles. Uh, we'll find out. Um, most valuable player. Most, every time I pick Cole Komet, he gets a touchdown, so I'll take Kmart. And uh, uh, shout-outs, look. Last week on uh, Weekend Sports Betting Tips, Sean, Anthony, and I were 4-0. This, this Thanksgiving, we did a little show, 3-0. and We have one play left for the dog of the day, Raiders plus 9.5. So you could very well be 8-0 our last eight picks on weekend sports betting tips of bar flies. Those are all free picks, free plays. Free so money. Uh, free money. Free money. I had 49ers minus 7. Uh, Sean gave out the uh, over in the uh, Dallas game. And uh, uh, Anthony had the Wolverines minus three and a half. So uh, just waiting on one play tonight and uh shots of butterfly. The chat chat was fantastic today with questions. I got to get out of here guys. I will see you next week. Hey, maybe. All right. <laughs> okay. you, see you, All right. Later. Right now. Uh, so I'm going to be real quick. Uh, last time these two teams played, I believe the final score was either 19 to 13 or something really close like that. And they had a fumble recovery for a touchdown uh, that Bajent gave up. So anyone who's in the Bajency, Mr. Mike Withrow, I'm looking at you. Um, that, that that was your guy that blew that game. Uh, but uh, I, I think, I've not heard that before, the Bajency. I like that. I think I'm right there with you guys. The uh, low-scoring game, I think the Vikings pull it out late. Uh, Jordan, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. I'm feeling like 2016, maybe a 23-16, to 16, they throw on a field goal at the end of the game to make it a, to make it a higher point differential than, than it was. And, and uh, yeah, it's just hard for me to trust this coaching staff when you are up 12 in a fourth quarter and you find a way to blow the game and then try to come back the next week and play on primetime and uh, against a divisional opponent who Eberflus has never beat a divisional opponent, so I don't see that changing. Um, it, uh, but, it, but it really sucks. The only, the only bright light would be is if Eberflus is let go after the loss and they just tell him, you know what, just stay in Minnesota, go to the freaking uh, – Mall of America, or get your wife something nice for Christmas or something, and and don't come back to Chicago because we're done with you. But uh, yeah, I mean that that's my MVB. I'm gonna I, someone said in the chat. I think Sweat causes a fumble, and I like that one. I like that as a bold prediction and my MVB. I like Sweat. 
tried to pick him last week, and uh, Chris took him away from him, from me. So I'll take him this week. I'll take some Montez Sweat. Gets a couple of sacks and and causes a fumble uh, against the Vikings offensive line. Um, shout out to you guys first and foremost coming in bright and early with me and talking some Bears. Shout out to the chat. As everyone has said, they gave us a ton of uh, content today, a ton of questions to answer. You know, all that, all those things. Um, and uh, I guess we're just uh, like, comment, subscribe, do all those things to keep the lights on here at the ballroom. We appreciate your, uh, we appreciate your support for the ballroom network. Uh, until, until next week, we'll just get out of here and leave everybody with a bear down. Bear down. Bear down.